This episode was originally released on February 16, 2020, which was 46 days before the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention updated their recommendations around facial coverings for the general public. For the latest information about this, please see the updated links we've added to this episode's show notes. Also, this episode still involves discussion of female body parts. And a brief mention or two, of sex. And lip sweat. You've been warned. Again. We're pregnant. Bro, do you even live? I can't eat another one. One is usually bigger than the other. It tastes awful. This won't hurt a Wait, bit. Why is it leaking? Did you Whoa. hear that? That smell? was not there yesterday. I'll have a second of it. totally my natural hair color. That's supposed to look like that. Don't worry. That was Deadly. I'm Terrell. And I'm Iris. Wait, who are you? I'm the Uncanny Valley version of Siri that won't get you sued by the Apple company. Oh. Well, in that case, welcome to Health Science for the Rest of Us, a podcast where we take a super practical look at the body, its shenanigans, and the world of fascinating ways we try and keep it healthy. This definitely won't replace a trip to your doctor's office but it may help you make heads or tails of how to live in your body better. More important than that, this podcast will help you look like a total badass at your next Facebook debate. You did it again. We can edit that later. Let's Let's do do this. Do you remember way back in episode zero when I said... We'll explore everything from duck builds, N95 masks, to fart migrations to better understand you. Well, we certainly do. And we figured that with all of the recent news about infections and quarantines and face mask shortages in China, now was as good a time as any to actually do those topics. So for this week's adventure, we finally explored N95 masks and whether you can really give yourself an infection by holding in your farts. For the sake of decorum, we'll start with the masks. So first things first, you should know that N95s are not those loose-fitting blue or yellow masks that you've seen people wearing on TV lately. Those masks are actually surgical masks, and while they're good for creating a barrier between you and the immediate environment, they are pretty limited in how well they can protect you from things like viruses. This is because they're not designed to filter the air, and they're really more suited for protecting against the kinds of germs that travel in liquid splashes or sprays, like sneezes. An N95 mask, on the other hand, can be used for a broader range of protections, because unlike surgical masks, the N95 mask is designed to filter the air. This allows it to protect against some of the tiniest of liquid and airborne particles, including the kinds of germs that can travel outside of liquids by floating around in the air. But don't go looking for these masks at the drugstore, because for one thing, the local drugstore probably doesn't have them. You can also save yourself a trip by considering that the average person doesn't need these masks and might actually be surprised by some of the details on how they're supposed to be used. The average person, for example, might be surprised to know that N95 masks are not designed to work on children, or people with facial hair, or their pets, which sounds like something we shouldn't have to say, but you've seen the news lately. 
On top of the thing about skipping the mask for Tiger, the average person might also be surprised to know that they're supposed to wash their hands when handling these masks, or that the masks may not fit right out of the box because you're supposed to go through a special fitting process before you start wearing one. One of the things that makes the N95 mask so useful is the high-tech web of fibers that make up its filter. But the other thing that makes it useful is the very tight seal it's supposed to maintain around the user's face. This seal is meant to keep air or anything else from seeping into or out of the sides of the mask. In order to achieve this seal, people who wear these masks, namely hospital workers, often go through regular fittings where they try on different masks with air hoses attached that connect to a computer program that measures whether any air is escaping around the edges. This process is used to determine what size N95 mask the person should be using, and once the size is established, the worker may even receive a special certificate with their name, their mask size, and an expiration date. When the process is followed correctly, the user can expect each mask to block about 95% of unsafe or otherwise unwanted particles. Now, if you're hearing this and also paying attention to reports about influenza or coronavirus infections, and you're wondering where you have to go to get fitted for one of these masks, I'll go ahead and tell you that unless you spend the bulk of your day with people who are sick or at higher than normal risk of getting sick, Having one of these masks probably won't do you or anyone around you any good. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, N95 masks don't do much to help prevent infections in the general public. They're really most impactful when they're used by people who get extra exposure to germs because of the work they do taking care of patients. And at any rate, these masks are not exactly fun to wear. In fact, I can tell you from firsthand experience that trying to work in one of these masks is a bit like trying to breathe with a jock strap tied to your face. They're hard, they smush the bridge of your nose, you can't yawn or put on chapstick while you're wearing one, and they make a lot of trash because you're only supposed to use them once. Also, the seal is so tight that your lips start to sweat and you are constantly smelling the smell of your own breath. On top of that, because the filter inside the mask is so precise, after a while, it can start to feel hard to breathe and you have to take breaks before putting on a new one. So yeah, spare yourself the hassle of the extra shopping trip and maybe take some comfort in knowing that if you have to go to the hospital anytime soon, chances are that the people working there have access to face-crushing mouth helmets to keep you from catching things like the flu. But that fart migration, though... When fart migration was first introduced to us as a possible topic for the show, our understanding was that a fart migration is supposed to be what happens when a person with a vagina tries to hold their fart, but the gas escapes and then travels up towards the vagina where it gets trapped and potentially causes something called a urinary tract infection. Did you get all that? We took the suggestion seriously, but after lots of procrastination and not very much digging, it seems that the only place this condition exists is on Reddit. In fact, if you try a Google search right now for the term fart migration with quotation marks, 
This podcast makes up seven out of the first 10 results. So I'm guessing we've either arrived or we've got some splaining to do. All jokes aside, if you're worried about getting an infection from squeezing in your farts, this next part should make you happy. The experience of a fart passing by your front parts is probably common enough, but this won't give you a urinary tract infection because that's not exactly how urinary tract infections work. A urinary tract infection, or UTI for short, is a bacterial infection that affects the parts of your body involved with making, storing, and getting rid of pee. These parts are the bladder, which hold your pee, the ureters, which carry pee to the bladder from the kidneys, the urethra, which carries pee from the bladder to the outside world, and the kidneys, which make pee in the first place as part of the process of removing waste and extra water from your blood. Any one of these parts can be affected by a UTI, but more often than not, the problem involves the bladder or the urethra, and the source of the problem involves stray bacteria from poop or sex activities. Notice that we didn't say stray bacteria from farts. It is true that farts contain some of the same gut bacteria involved in poop-related UTIs, but as you may remember from Episode 7, Adventures in Public Toilets, these bacteria don't travel or survive very well after they've left the body and hit fresh air. So, even though the three separate openings for a woman's urethra, vagina, and anus are all positioned close enough together to share the same airspace, it's not enough to cause an all-out infection if a fart makes its way from your anus to your other pirate parts. As a quick side note, it's also not enough to cause fart gas to get trapped inside your vagina because you tried to hold it in. If you somehow manage to get fart gas up your vagina, expect that it's just going to come right back out. This is because unlike other places in the body, read the stomach or the eye or even the urethra, the vagina doesn't have the ring of specialized muscles it would need in order to keep fart gas or anything else trapped inside. Of course, this is not the case for your anus, which does have this specialized ring of muscles, which happen to be the very same ring of muscles that you use when you try to hold the farts in to begin with. This ring of muscles is called a sphincter, and it probably deserves its own episode. More on that later. But in the meantime, quit holding your farts. Wipe your bum from front to back when you go number two. Consider making a point to pee after you do sex. Take those surgical masks out of your shopping cart and try and get some fresh air before the zombie apocalypse starts. After that, if you have extra time on your hands, you might like to visit the links in our show notes for this week's episode in order to learn more about UTIs or female anatomy or whether those masks you already bought are actually legit. You'll also be able to see a link for a very entertaining video about how face mask fitting works, as well as a link to some cool videos on what the World Health Organization says you should be doing instead of hoarding hospital equipment. That's all for now. Stay tuned, everybody. Here I am. Please tell the other humans to listen to the podcast so I don't have to go back to my day job. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Health Science for the rest of us. If you like what you heard, 
be a pal and spread the love by sharing this podcast with a friend. If you're not sure how or if your friend just needs some help, you can both get some quick tips from our fun YouTube tutorial. Just tap on the link in the show notes from this episode. To learn more about the show in general or to see some pretty hilarious health memes and videos, stop by our website at healthscienceforeveryone.com. We're also on Facebook in the group section and on Twitter under the name Health Science Podcast. That's all one word. For a limited time, Health Science for the rest of us listeners can save 20% on all NZT products at my online store by entering the promo code DARK42 Tower Beam Sunshine Strain. No, no, no. I told you we're not doing that. My apologies www.irisspecialtystoreforthingshumansbyfairhealth.com Iris! Sorry. I'm hitting the button now. Is that how my voice sounds?